Hello and welcome. This is the Art of Giving Up. Your podcast for giving up bad days, bad ways, unfortunate habits, bad friendships, bad relationships. Sometimes just giving up, of course, because life is too hard. And as always, I'm your host James, and I'd like to thank you. Yes, you, the five-year-old inside of all of our hearts, for being here with me on this my journey of growth, self-improvement. And of love. And this week, walk and talk number two. This week, we're having a little bit of a gab with my co host from the Was That in Good Taste podcast, Chandler Phillips. We walk, we talk, comedy, future, possibility, personal growth, and you hear us trying to go get pizza. <laughs> it's pretty good um, as always of course you can always contact with us at uh, you know art of giving up podcast at gmail.com you can find Chandler at C underscore underscore honey on Instagram you can find me at that funny friend on Twitter and yeah I hope that you enjoy this amazing conversation it's good it's not funny though because he's not funny peace about that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How you doing? Eh, not so bad. How about you? Give me a little chat. Say something. All right. Ah, oh, fucking hungry. Like, you hungry? We've been drinking a lot, and I have all I've had to eat today are carrots. <laughs> carrots and pistachios. It's actually like my guy talking to. Oh, we have to, like, go back and forth with it, too? That makes it easier. Alright, fair enough. You can't just, like, hold it in your pocket. So, uh, I'm here with, uh, Chandler Phillips. How you doing? Ah, not so bad. How about you? (laughs) Doing well. So, uh, you know, I've been doing a podcast with you. Uh, that is, uh, Was That In Good Taste? Everywhere that podcasts are found. And, um, I don't know. I feel like it'd be awesome to have you on uh, The Art of Giving Up to ask you some questions, to kind of have a little bit of a walk and talk with you, to learn learn, learn some stuff about you, like some non-funny good, things. I like a good walk and talk. It's the most intimate form of walking and the second most inf- intimate form of talking. <laughs> ah, so <laughs> I just had uh, Grace King, the amazing Grace King, on and we had an absolutely That'd be a good wrestler name actually <laughs> <coughs> the amazing grace cake like I feel that I feel that <laughs> that'd be solid <coughs> so how's covid been, how's covid been treating you um i personally haven't been affected by it but you know we've had our share of covid scares uh had to get tested got that nasal swabs um i haven't done any antibodies tests what about you? Like, have you had to give blood or anything for it? No, nah, no, anybody's did the nose thing. It should hurt. It was not comfortable. What do you mean? The nose thing? Yeah, I didn't like it. Did they do both nostrils or did they just do the they one? They did one. Oh. I, so when I first got to California, they did the one nostril and they shoved that motherfucker way up there. And at first I'm like, and then afterwards I kind of had like, like, it was, like the sinuses were cleared out. Mm-hmm. I was a little bummed they didn't do both nostrils i was off balance i didn't like it that was <laughs> well <laughs> uh one of the reasons i want to have you on is that i wanted to kind of talk to you kind of about your thoughts about comedy 
and about self and just kind of like about where you're going in life and how you feel in general okay. about things. Well, let's Let's start. Right let's start with the comedy and then go into myself because I I only know one of them really well, <laughs> and it's not yourself. Exactly. So, uh, what kind of questions you got on this walk and talk? Well, just kind of generally, like, well, one, you're you're a comedian. Yeah. Um, do you like the comedy? I love comedy. Do, do you see a future there? I wish I could, but the future is so hazy. The future is obscured, man. It's I'd like I'd like to see a future in comedy, but I I honestly don't know. I don't know where in that I fit. The more open mics I do, the more I realize I'm generic. So are you feeling like I don't know, are you feeling discouraged or you just feel like you need to kind of tighten things up, kind of work that out? I need to tighten things up. I need to work shit out and I need to find a new niche. Like that's so being the Jew in New York is not working for you. It doesn't. It's, it turns out there's there's quite a few of them. I feel that. <laughs> you know, there might be a couple other Jews in New York, and there might be a couple other half Jews in New York, and there might be a couple other um, white people, vague <laughs> Jewish descent, who feel like they're funny. Uh, it's a very uh, saturated um, demographic, I think. That's definitely one of the things about creating is finding where you fit in and how you make what you're doing different than other people Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be new it just has to be different than people who are around you and and exactly where you're doing you gotta find your space your voice so is it that you're generic or is it that you haven't found your voice I think it's a little column A little column B maybe I also haven't found my space cause in this space Again, it's pretty oversaturated um, of at least the type of comedy that I was doing or that that I was trying to do, um, and now I'm trying to trying to look within and also look outside to see what uh, I'm trying to figure out what people think when they immediately get an impression of me and how I can try to articulate that better into comedy. Got an opinion. Yeah, go for it. You're tall. You got broad shoulders. You're not hideous. Your comedy you do kind of doesn't suit the way you look. What it do you might, mean? It might suit the way you feel. But like the self-disparaging kind of thing. And like the weird... Like, you know... Like the outcast kind of... Yeah, like I don't think it works Self-deprecating? You. Yeah, you don't look like an outcast here. What? Oh, man. That might I, be it. That might just be a problem with growing up as the fat kid. Like, you're not fat anymore. I'm not fat anymore. I got hot. You're, you're tall. You got broad shoulders. You know, you gotta fucking make it happen for you. So, like, as of late, I've been trying to think. All right, what are the other things? What are the other attributes that that I can try to play off of of me that aren't already being um, super prevalent in the New York comedy scene? And I think one of the big ones is. Uh, a, a uh, intuitiveness with nature. What do you mean? Um, well, so like we're in the city, and a lot of people from here are only really know the city, or they know they know what it's like in the concrete jungle. They don't really know what it's like in the woods. Oof, I feel that. And that's that's an experience I have. I I like 
I like lakes. I like the forest. I like camping. I like all that kind of shit. But it's hard to... Uh, it's one of those things where you spend so much time outside and away from people that you're like, how do I articulate this to people? Like, fuck, man, I can, I can go for hours telling jokes to trees, but... <laughs> they only give you so much feedback. <laughs> I think uh, that's actually really interesting. You said something to me that really jumped out, which was you said uh, that you're looking for your place like here. And this yeah. is my opinion when it comes to creating media is that you do have to find your voice. But you have to, one of the things I think is very dangerous, in my opinion, is trying to find your voice for the place you're at. Hmm. How, what you mean? You have to just find your voice in general. You see, because there is a set of comedy or a voice that you could find that's different for here. Yes. But, is that your voice, your voice has to be distinct for you. And your voice might not work here. But knowing your voice, in my opinion, will give you more general success than kind of allowing where you're at to determine the kind of like it's like your voice here versus your voice in uh, Las Vegas versus your voice in general well like because in Las Vegas I could play that that vaguely Jewish card a little bit more they're not as <laughs> they're, they don't know what Jews look like as much what, so it's the vaguely a, Jewish thing your thing I, that's what I'm trying to figure that seems like the most easily um, grasped at thing and so I think that like being here having that having that not be as a as much of a crutch you I'm kind of forced to dig a little deeper and I don't know if that will um, so what are you finding a whole lot of stupid puns (laughs) (laughs) other than puns what kind of thing are you finding? You know, like, what are you finding out about yourself? Like, I'm trying to figure out what the, what the strategy is. Like, uh, I, I think a lot about... Only pizza that's open right now. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, uh, do they got slices? Yes. All right. Oh, are they out? You gotta ask them. I don't know. Usually it's over there. Uh-oh. Let's see. Let's see right now. Yeah. You got pizza? Just one, right? Two? Do you want anything? Nah, I'm not. Yeah, just one. One? Oh, it's done? Ah. Rest in peace. Rip. So, yeah, gonna leave this in. Good, high-quality content. Man, I'm just gonna walk around being hungry. Yep, suck it up. Oh, well. Anyway. What were we talking about? What are you finding in yourself? Uh, there's substance there, but it, it's yet to be tapped into. And uh, I think the personas related, like the onstage persona. Wait, you look, oh, whoa, those. Look at these Aloha bell peppers. Hold this for a second? Yeah. So continue. These are wicked. Wait, hold up. These are. Come on. Give me this fucking content right here. These are gorgeous. All right, so they're like a red and yellow <laughs> tie-dye bell pepper? What? All right. Sorry. So I'm finding in myself, I'm I'm still pretty fringe. 
but I, I'm trying to think. Is is the person? What's that? I'm being serious. I don't really understand. Like I'm not Jew- Jewish enough to really do full Jewish, like the kind of shtick that that like. Hey, so at my bar mitzvah, kind of, kind of jokes, but I'm also not. I guess. I don't. It's it's weird. I don't know where I belong. I don't know where I fit in. Wow, this is so weird. You're a white person, right? Like you don't know where you belong. There's just there's so many of us. You just fit in everywhere, right? <coughs> Do you not just fit you in everywhere? I think so, but. In actuality... So you feel like an outcast? I feel like I'm getting drowned in the amount of people who are like me that I can't actually figure out what I am. And it's like you try to cling to all these different, I guess, uh, tropes or these different identifiers so that people can, like, figure out quickly, like, what what's your brand... And so, like, if you have too complex a brand, people aren't going to relate to it. And if you don't have complex enough, then it's too generic. <coughs> so, like, trying to figure out what, what's the nice middle ground. So you're saying you're generic and whack. Exactly. But if I talk too much about, like, my individual experience, then it's not relatable. Because you're white. Because I'm not being funny. Because you're, like, a young white man from California... And it's not that it's not relatable, but it's, it's too relatable. It's too relatable. Or, like, th- then there's the converse of, like, I, I talk too specific about the the things that, that worry me. I don't know. Why is that a problem? Because then it's not relatable enough. <laughs> like, I don't know, if I were to talk about... Uh, being accidentally bulimic in high school, I don't know if that resonates with enough other uh, people. I disagree. I think that that is not only your voice, but that. Are you gonna get another one of those tofu kits no, no, that no. you know has? This is a different one. This is a different one. Okay. It's the same brand, so I think that one has meat in it too. Um. <laughs> I think that you actually have a lot of voice with that. If anything, I think that story is very compelling. And in a kind of way, I can kind of identify not with the experience, but with the feeling. Hmm. And a lot of comedy and writing is like, you don't identify with getting a letter to go to Hogwarts, but you, you identify with the feeling of being isolated from your family even if they didn't lock you in the basement. You identify with the feeling of being an outcast at school, mm-hmm. even if your parents were killed by he who shall not be named. Who? Donald Trump. Oh, okay. <laughs> You know, you have a distinct experience. I guess so, but it, like, I'm worried that it's not... I'm worried that people don't get it and that they won't get it. But do they, do they have to get it? Uh, to be successful, I think they, it's it's kind of imperative that they get it. I mean, look at these nuggets of smoked flavor. Oh. Here's the thing. I think 
is super interesting hmm. is that now this is not meant to be disturbed, it's disparaging, but do you feel like what you're doing now is successful? I think it's the first couple steps on the road to being successful. I think I've still got a lot of shit to figure out first. Well, I only say that because, I mean, I just don't know if, um, you know, you should be so afraid. I feel like you should kind of maybe, I'm not saying lean into, but take a little bit of the risk in leaning into those things. Because you told me the accidentally bulimic story before. That's awesome. <laughs> it connects with me, it resonates with me. Uh, maybe I normally wouldn't be like, oh, this is how I felt at the time because I'm not comfortable doing that. But hearing somebody else tell that kind of story? Yeah, I suppose, I guess, like my worry with that one is I don't want to come off as too insensitive to people who actually have eating disorders. Like, well, you're not. You just have to, you're, you're a comedian. You're gonna write a joke. Mm-hmm. Not to frame it in a way. That's it's true. not insensitive. Because the reality is that it's your experience. Not anybody else's. Can it be insensitive if it's your experience with something that affected you? Hmm. Huh. Well, that's a good point. Uh, like, I, I, I'm trying to equate my comedy a little bit more to something that's less generic, less fratty, because that's what I see a lot of, is a lot of kind of people in my lot. demographic I is, is fratty. You're a little fratty. I'm a little fratty. I kind of agree with that because you are a little fratty, but you have other, you have a little bit more, dim- I'm trying to add a little yes. bit of dimension to it. Like, I, I, I guess I know what I am. I'm trying to figure out what I can also be. Mm. Because what I am is super prevalent. And what do you want to be? I want to be the very best. Like no one ever was. To catch them is... Your it's my real, real test. Real test? Ah. And to train them. <laughs> Ooh, I always want these. They're like 10 bucks. What is that, kimchi? Yeah, and they're vegan. Oh, that looks so... Isn't most kimchi vegan? No. Really? Yeah. What are they... I'm fishing it. Oh. These, these are vegan. And I always want these, but I... 10 bucks, man. Sheet. I'm gonna get these little salamis. But I feel like, you know, you do. You're, you're, you're not just a personality, but I feel, and it's very interesting to have in a recording, but I feel like you're a kind person. I try to. You know, one of the things about you that's attractive as a person, as a friend, Aww. is how kind you are. Ew. You know, taking that. And packaging it with your stories and who you are will resonate with someone. Don't be afraid to be who you are. Where were you six years ago? <laughs> Learning how to do that for myself. Uh, this doesn't look like organic broccoli. That Broccolini. looks. Oh, okay. That would make more sense. That's a king oyster mushroom. Yeah, this is a whole king oyster mushroom. Usually, king oyster mushrooms, they, they don't come like this. Mm. Um, this is very meaty. It's very interesting. If you actually make that's it, a, that's it a tastes great. It, it, honestly, the texture is very meaty. It's not too fibrous? No, not at all. Huh. Broccolini is close to broccoli rabe. I've had but broccolini not before. I was just saying, like, the, I, I didn't see that. So, I, you know, so you, we've been doing podcasts together. Yeah. Here's a question. 
You ready? Here's an answer. <laughs> Do you feel like we've been... I don't know. I'm not... not bef- hmm. This is for me. Kind of. Do you feel like it's been... How do I say this? Do you think that what we've been doing now feels different than what we've, we were doing before? Like, how do you feel about the work we're doing now versus the work we were doing before? That's the question, I guess. In the sense of like, what do you, what do you mean? What, I don't what know how we you feel about before? it. Wait, these are Iberian ham, jamon iberico flavored chips. <laughs> It's prosciutto-flavored chips. No, no, no. Iberian ham and prosciutto are not the same thing. You're right. Vegan slug. What? No, I'm not going to get it. I'm just going to stick with my smoky salami. I want this, but I don't know. $5. Black truffle-flavored chips. Papas fritas. Steal it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm just, you know, the kind of work that we were doing before versus the work that we're doing now. I think it's a little bit more focused and a little bit more structured, but I think we could do more. I think we could add more structure, and I think we could add more... In adding more structure, it'll give us the opportunity to kind of be more creative within that structure. Because right now we focus a lot of creativity in just making the thing, and the more we can kind of put on the back burner as far as creativity in the, in the full-on creation, then the more we can focus creatively on the actual content. I love that. So what are you going to do to make that happen? Well, uh, I, like, uh, I like adding more segments to the, to the podcast. Because like, it gives it definitely a lot more format and a lot more structure. Yeah. Right? Like I've, I like having the definitive, we actually taste the, the thing that we're drinking and we talk about it. We talk about a little bit more of its... Of, its, of what goes into it and the history and why we chose the certain things. The intentionality that goes into the things that we... That we the do. effort. The effort. Because, you know, for me, I think this is definitely a weakness of myself is that, like, sometimes putting effort into things is a lot. And it's hard. Yeah. And but when you see it come to fruition, that makes it that much more gratifying. Well, the reason I mentioned that is because I knew you were going to say that. And I feel the same way about you and your stand-up. Yeah. You know, I think that, like, you do a lot of good work. You haven't seen my new sets. I haven't. You don't even know. But I think that... You don't know what kind what of I've jokes before, I'm coming with now. And the way that you were working before, and the amount of intention and effort you were putting into it before... That's fair. Yeah. You know, that, that was the thing that we were both missing, was putting intention effort and, effort. and intent... Are you gonna get these for me or am I gonna have to get them on my own? Oof. Oh, that's definitely ooh, I think like that. I gotta remember this is here. Yeah. So that's definitely the thing that uh, really I think we both can work on. I think a lot of people can work on. I think people can really fix themselves. Can I back please? by um, putting intent into the things they do, the care. Yeah. Because, I don't know about you, but I feel like we didn't put enough care. No, we kind of won it a lot. But I think, like, one of the... 
one of the new things that we're doing that I really like, and I kind of got it from the uh, from the Norm Macdonald show, is how we're just how I I need to write more jokes, more better jokes, and like the quick punch kind of stuff. And so if we add that segment where it's just make me laugh, clown, I I like having to respond to that. I like having then the answers and being able to to do And there's something really fun and funny and really interesting about not just doing it, but doing something impulsively, deciding that it's good, and then continuing to do it. I need my salami. <laughs> Which I don't know about you. I'm so fucking hungry. But that's the part that I thought was the most interesting. Is that I did something impulsively. Yeah. And we both thought it was awesome. And then we decided that we're going to keep doing it. I like that. But on top of that... I mean, that's the evolution of... That's... Of, of, you know, we do... We keep doing things. Keep trying new things. And keep doing more and more. and all that. I'm just curious as to... Oh. Well, it doesn't smell like what I thought it was. It smells like fucking salami. It's smoked flavor salami. What'd you think it was gonna? I thought it said, "Yo, why do I think it said salmon?" I'm so dead, yo. (laughs) You might be dumb. Maybe. Oh, this guy. Here we go. Now, people who are listening to us are like, "Wow, this guy." Oh, I know him for years. Don't mess with me, okay? I know he has money. He has more money than I do. Anyway, um, that's definitely the thing. I think it's like super crazy. Is that like, I don't know about you, but I'm sometimes scared to do new things and try new things. And if something works, sometimes I'm too scared to continue trying to do it. Hmm. And do you want to kind of like hit it and quit it? Because mm-hmm. I'm insecure that like things aren't going to be good enough. Things will never be good enough. Things are always shitty until they're a little bit less shitty than they were before. But they should be good enough for us. What? No. <laughs> we don't deserve good things. So, why would good things ever happen to you for no reason? <laughs> One thing that I talked <laughs> with the amazing Grace King about on the last episode of The Art of Getting Up was, um, was about, kind of like, oh, we talked about feminism, you know? Mm-hmm. And she said, she was like, you know, I don't really know Chandler, but I don't think he is like a misogynist. I don't think you are. That's your question. It's very interesting. Because you do, you're a little fratty. You got fucking tattoo with your bros. And you have like this very interesting life that I never lived. A different kind of life than I lived. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Oh, you might get yourself can't. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Hell's fucking yeah, I consider myself a feminist. I love bitches. <laughs> oh my god. Could you imagine? Like, uh, no. Yeah, I could have met. You yeah, could have You hate them, right? No, no. No, um. I don't know. I like to consider myself an ally. Uh, I think the best way was Bill Burr. He put it. He was like, I consider myself a feminist as much as I can consider myself a Black Panther. Like, yeah, I fucking dig what you're doing and I won't get in your way, but, you know, sometimes there's just a time where I need to sit down and shut the fuck up. But are you going to stand up when there's time when when it's needed for you to stand up? That's kind of the thing that Bill Burr, I think, missed, in my opinion. Hmm. Because you do need to stay out of the way when it's time for you to stay out of the way. 
But also sometimes there's things like your privilege that the, the situation get benefit. But then you have yeah. the whole issue of like, does that come off to white savior or like? Mm, I don't think if somebody at your job is being touched inappropriately, you speaking up comes of it's like being a white savior. That's fair. In in all honesty, I I don't think I've ever witnessed that. So and that, that's kind of like the like, Bobar saying that kind of you know that's why it's like weird to have conversations about things like that because we well, said it wasn't wrong, but I think that like I hope that if something were to happen in front of him. That he wouldn't just stay back and be like, "Well, this is this is for her." No, no. There's there's a time and a place where, you know, there's there's a difference between fighting someone else's battles and standing up against injustice. I think. Ooh, oh look, look at you being all progressive. Look at you being being a savior, a savior. Someone's got his white, yeah. Look, if all y'all gonna grab onto my bootstraps, I guess we gotta pull you up. <laughs> oh, I fucking hate myself. Uh. <laughs> the amount of effort that it takes sometimes to do things, I find to be overwhelming. What do you mean? Um, when it comes to creating, and to doing, and to trying to make new things, I often find myself overwhelmed and unable to come up with new things, new ideas. But I realized, like writing, like anything else, it's a muscle. Yeah. Something that we kind of have to flex and work on and kind of do what we can to make it happen. Oh, not something that you add to, like, stir-fry or paella? I mean, maybe. Okay. Um, you know. Is there something recently that you've experienced that has kind of, like, pushed you to fork, like... To flex your like, your like muscles to kind of like push yourself. Yeah, you're replacing me with the amazing Grace King. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I'm not replacing you, but she's an amazing writer. She you is. know, and you know we all have our weaknesses and our insecurities, but she's great at it. So I mean, <laughs> you better fucking write some shit. A fucking man. No, you know. I um. <clears throat> oh, sorry. I was chewing on this salami. Oh, yeah. I think, uh... I reignited a passion for comedy that was kind of stifled when I first moved to New York from, from Las Vegas. Um, because I was so focused on getting comfortable that I lost sight of how to put myself in uncomfortable positions. Oh, but you know what? That makes a lot of sense. Because not only are you doing something that can be uncomfortable, but you've gone to a very foreign place, you know, and you're already doing something uncomfortable. You're already putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know. That's like double putting yourself in in an uncomfortable position. Yeah. And it's not like multiplication. It's more like addition in that situation. Or just it's compounding uncomfortability. It doesn't cancel out, I think. Like... Oh, I started, I made friends, they started knowing my style of comedy in Vegas, and then when I got to that point, I had the opportunity to come here, and therefore I took it, because why the fuck not, and just trying to regrow that, I wasn't tenacious enough about it at the beginning. Where's he going? We're crossing the street. 
And so, I don't know, I kind of lost, I lost the momentum. But I'm starting to regain that momentum. And it feels good. I think it's good. You know, honestly. It's a good mojo to have. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to sap that up. You know. They always say, they always being me. Hmm. Surround yourself with talented people. One of the is, ben- that, is that the end of the saying? I thought you were going to have that, more to that. No, one. I said that's what I always say. Surround yourself with talented people and blank, 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 blank. No, it's just going to... No. you to finish that? Because or? one of the things about privilege, that's a good example, is that your environment really affects your success. <clears throat> True. You surround yourself with talented people. Not that it'll bleed into you, but you'll be part of an environment that is conducive to creativity, to success. Hmm. Keen. You know? So, Grace, King, just like you, you guys, this and that I never could do. I was taken from New York at a point in my life and lived somewhere else. But I've never left the place that mm-hmm. I live. You can take the boy out of New York. <laughs> I live in the apartment that my family's lived in for 50 years. Even yeah, that's when I insane. even when I lived in different neighborhoods, I always kind of rotated back here. There's a sense of comfort for me here. And I've been very risk adverse. That you makes know. sense. Um right. yeah. I'm going to tell you a story about People who listen, people who know Adriana, the woman I care about and love with all my heart, who I've known for a very long time, mm-hmm. obviously. Oh, man. Well, you should tell people stuff. I remember back then, I think I've told this story before in the podcast. In like 2010, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. Some personal stuff with her, I, I, you know, not going to mention, obviously. And she was going to marry someone because of reasons. Stuff happens in life that you need to, I don't know, make money or You need reasons, things, to kind of make stuff happen for you, right? All right, all right. And she wrote me, and she said to me, she said, I don't want to get married. She said, we should be together. Um, and I was like, but you won't have a place to live. He's like, you know, we'll be hungry. And she said, don't need food. Love can sustain me, unironically. Really? Yes. Because love and kisses don't really have any caloric value. And I really wanted to do it. But I was so fucking scared to take any kind of risk. Hmm. Okay. So I said, I'll think about it. And I ghosted her. The fact that she talks to me today is fucking amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I don't get it. Me either. I fucked up way less and have never talked to people over way less. Yeah. So, there we go. I'm a very risk-adverse person. Hmm. I've done some things that could be considered as risky because I grew up in a place where, like, you can die from walking down the street. But that's a different kind of risk. I'm comfortable with that kind of risk. I'm comfortable walking in bad neighborhoods. A mortal risk? You know, those are risks that I'm comfortable with. If you put me in a random city in the world, I'd be like, fuck it, I'll walk anywhere. I don't give a shit. 
Hmm. Because that's what I'm comfortable with. Go on. The risk of putting myself out there, exposing myself to failure. Emotionally? It's not the risk I'm used to. Hmm. Walk around this block, too. Huh. I think we're almost there. What? I'm going to tell you this. That's the benefit of showing ourselves with talented people. Because you and Grace have both taken a lot of risks. A risk that I can never fathom. I can never fathom just up and leaving the people that I love. I can never just risk leaving the small bit of family that I have. Well, I think it helps knowing that leaving the people that I love, that I, I know when I return to them, it'll listen, the amount of affection and care and support will still be there. You also have a place to live. Right. With a little bit of privilege. That's a little bit of privilege. You got, you got some privilege that I don't have, but that aside. No, I think it, it, it adds, or it helps ease the anxiety of taking that risk when you know that if you were to return, there's no diminishing effect. Like, it's, it's, the investment is solely in the excursion, and there's no real loss in leaving. It's only positive gain. Net positive. Net? Wow. Such a cheat. You love saying things like that, huh? Oh, fuck yeah. yeah. I feel like, you know, it's good. I've learned a lot. I'm trying to learn from everyone that I meet. Hmm. And as such, I've learned from you. Really? Yes. You didn't teach me anything. Oh. I learned from you. It's two different things. Okay. You're not going to give me that credit. No. Like, I might actually have some insight. Uh, No. No. No, that can't be true. So, tell the people, what are you doing? What are you doing in the city? Are you doing some stand-up? What are you doing? Yeah. I'm, uh... Hit the plugs. Hit the links. Hitting them open mics. You can find me 5 p.m. Mondays, Tuesdays at, uh... Just over by Sheepshead Meadow in Central Park in Manhattan, New York. Uh, zip code 10036. Oh, somebody learned something from me. Actually being a little detailed. Okay. Fucking guy. Sorry, I was licking the salami off of my fingertips. You love that salami. Oh, it's I so I mean, greasy. the actual salami. I'm not making any kind of sexual innuendo here. Smoke-flavored salami nuggets. Yeah. Fucking delicious. Any socials? Um, I'm not done with the open. open oh, okay. Yet. Oh, there's more. Yeah. Remember before? Remember, if anybody goes back on the Art of Giving Up podcast feed, <laughs> we, we first started. We pod- don't have to talk about that. I don't know. I'm gonna continue. All right. Um, in tiny cupboard, uh, Tuesdays, 10 p.m. Um, then there's uh, also Sheep's Head Meadow, 5:30 on Wednesdays and Fridays. Um. Washington Square Park. Uh, what's today? Saturday, 3 p.m. Um, what else? Mondays at. Uh, fuck, I'm drawing a blank on the one in Bedsty. Well, it doesn't matter because it feels like if there's an open mic in Brooklyn. There's an open mic in Brooklyn. I'll I'll be hustling my butt over there. Look at that. That's if you're if you're up for some bread jokes and jokes for trees, and also some like actual well articulated. Um, jokes. But not from you. Yeah, no, there'll be other comedians to do that. 
No, I'm like I said, I'm trying to find my niche, and it's complete bullshit. It's. <laughs> well, this has actually been. I just thought you're not a complete pile of garbage anymore. <sighs> Tell my mom that. <laughs> well, I think appreciate that. Uh, you know, I, li- I like this kind of format. This is good. I think we need to catch up again. You know, I feel like I feel like I'm gonna see you soon. I feel like I might see you on uh, was that on good taste. This is a podcast that's everywhere. Was that in good taste? Uh, I don't know about that, but I'll say this. You make sure we let everybody know, take care of your friends, your family, each other. And as always, peace. Peace. Oof.